Welcome, everyone, to the next Caterpillar podcast with this week's guest, Jingles. Do you want to introduce yourself? If they don't know me, I need to sack my agent. <laughs> Possibly. I'm back. True. Yeah, you were, you were among our first guests, and here we are, back again. Yeah, I would have been back sooner, but this whole... Things are getting very busy lately. I've got, I've, I'm going to become a member of the... I'm about to become a member of the landed aristocracy. <laughs> moving a house and, and buying a house is such a simple, stress-free process. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I haven't heard a thing since the lawyers got involved. Except from that time, I sent them an IRA email asking them why I hadn't heard a thing since the lawyers got involved, and they panicked and phoned me 20 minutes later. But since then, nothing. So I don't know what's going on. Apparently, it takes forever to do a title search. They're they're having fun emailing back and forth with another set of lawyers and uh, building respective people for the time. Yes, but they're they're lawyers, so they're not emailing. They're writing things down (laughs) and sending them through snail mail, which is why it's taking so long. (laughs) Because there has to be a paper trail. It was like when I was in the Navy, and they started in because we, 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 we had, like, paper filing systems. And then around about 2000, they were thinking of introducing what they called an electronic registry system. And I knew, because that, I was working at Victory Building, uh, which was Second Sea Lords headquarters at the time, and I just knew that what was going to happen They'd introduced this brand new, all singing, all dancing electronic registry system where you would, um, what ended up happening was a document would arrive in the post. And this is the second Sea Lords headquarters, so there was never just a document arriving in the post. There were several hundred documents arriving in the post every day. You would have to scan it as a JPEG to store on the electronic system and then print a copy out and keep it for your records. So. Instead of making everything easier, it just generated twice the amount of work. Yeah, that's there was a system. Uh, my now retired stepmom worked for the NHS, and when for the longest time, their electronic records was uh, involved. They had to do the thing on the computer, but then they had to literally print it out and cut uh, and and like cut out the bit they want, and then stick it yeah. on a form. And yeah. the form then got filed. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I think and, and, the, and the electronic system, the electronic yeah. system was terrible. Like I could process a paper document in a third of the time that it took to process the electronic document, and then I still had to process the paper document as well. <laughs> it's just just typical of the way the navy did things. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> we are actually here to talk about world of warship stuff, and not just sitting, you know, not, not just lawyers and paperwork yeah. and nah. Right, yes. So, let's do that. Yeah, so, I mean... First, first topic we want to cover is this... For um, lots of people have seen Flamu's video by now, but apparently it's been... Uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's a feature, not a bug. The server tick rate for World of Warships has uh, never been particularly high, apparently, and uh, it's been basically unchanged since the game's inception. But because we have, now have a lot more faster-firing ships... Suddenly, it's a it, suddenly well, it's a problem. Suddenly, it's an issue. Yeah, and it was it's an issue that's fun. always been in the game, but never manifested because nothing in the game was happening quickly enough for it to be a problem. Mm. Um, and they, they, as much as say, because they've actually now officially addressed it, 
they as much as say the functionality that causes the problem has been in the game since the very beginning. Due to how inconspicuous it is, coupled with the fact that in the early years of World of Warships there just weren't very many fast-firing ships in the game, it remained unnoticed for a long time. It's the last part of that sentence that I want to draw attention to. It remained unnoticed for a long time. Yeah. When they say that, they mean unnoticed by us. <laughs> they knew it was there. <laughs> I, I suspect, and it's not really addressed by the article, but I suspect a compounding issue was the, the partly at least the, uh, the, the, the major captain rework. Yeah. I'll bet you that right at the beginning, some technician, some software engineer at some point said, you know, this is great, but if ever you have a ship that's firing every two seconds or faster, this is going to be a problem. And then somebody who earned more money said, that's never going to happen. <laughs> and if it does, nobody will ever notice. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they... Didn't Flammel I mean, base this on a year-old forum thread? So basically the issue was known. It's just that no contributor or no, no big enough yeah, personality that, got hold of it. it. it oh. It's Flamu highlighting it that's made yeah. Wargaming, oh, we should probably address this. Yes. Uh, so it's kind it's, of, in a way, demonstrates the value of, you know, the community side of things having to sometimes poke companies to actually get yeah. them to acknowledge it's, problem. It, it's like what happened recently with Gamers Nexus, who ordered a motherboard from Newegg, and when it arrived, oh, yes, this they, they didn't need it because their problem had fixed itself, so they didn't even open the box and they sent it back, and then Newegg said, no, you've damaged it, there's thermal paste on it, and the motherboard pins are out um, because they didn't realise who they were dealing with. He was just another customer, and uh, they kept his $500, and he kicked off, and rightfully so because apparently... It was an open box item. I'm going hilariously off topic here, by the way. It was an open box item. In other words, the box had already been opened and if not used, then displayed or whatever. Um, and it had been supplied to Newegg with the uh, motherboard socket pins bent. So Newegg had sent it back to the manufacturer. The manufacturer said, yeah, we can fix it. It'll cost you $100. Newegg had said, no, nah, just send it back to us. And then they slapped a sticker on it saying, pins bent and sold it, and then tried to pass it off onto the customer, saying, yeah, you must have opened it and broken it. Only they didn't realize who they were dealing with. And uh, now they're shitting themselves. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of what happens when somebody passes a bug along to Flamu to take a look at. It gets noticed. Yes. Oh, yeah. Sometimes there's, there's value in having... Don't you uh, know who I am? <laughs> yeah. to shout from kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. What's also so, interesting uh, yeah. with this bug is that there seems to be a different server tick rate between when you manually fire and when you hold down the button. So the game reacts yeah, slower the, when you hold down the button. The, there is well, a, uh, this was something Flavio yeah. was talking about in the video, is that there is a difference between kind of uh, just clicking to fire your guns all at once and uh, holding down your mouse button. Sequ sequential to, fire. Yeah. yeah, Sequential fire has always been an outright DPS loss uh, because the guns as a whole are not firing particularly the faster the guns fire. If your guns are firing every 1.9 seconds, double-clicking to fire them all in one volley will result, should result, in higher DPM than just holding the mouse button down. Because by the time it sequences all the way to the last gun, um, the first one should, has already been loaded for a half a second and waiting to fire. So, And they stated in the post that it's easier to implement a fix for the sequential firing mode because that is slower firing anyway 
but they're going to have to change fundamental parts of the game code in order to um, make it work when you're volley firing. And it's not as simple as just making the game update faster. I mean, they could do that, but that would have... The, the servers would probably shudder to a halt if they tried to implement mm. that. But it was funny, because watching Flamu's video, you could see that it wasn't affecting the reload. The guns were reloading faster. They just weren't firing faster. So you could yes. see the guns loading and waiting and then firing. So it's not a reload issue. It's a firing issue. It's, it's the, the game sitting there waiting for the next tick before it acknowledges the fact that you've pressed the fire button, even though the guns are loaded and you're hammering the fire button ready to go. So, it must be said. I mean, they have given quite a comprehensive answer, so yes. they get they get points for that. Um, basically, it boils down to they're not going to increase the server tick rate because this is like literally the only issue extant that we know of that, that you know is directly affected by this. Uh, you know, just on the basis of nothing else is really happening that fast in the game. Yeah. Which there are only. Enough, there are only a few ships in the game that this affects. We're talking about fast-firing gunboat destroyers like the Druid and probably the Harugamo. Mm-hmm. Um, and what are those Dutch ones I can never remember the name of? The ones with two oh, servers. Yeah, Friesland and Groningen. It probably affects them too. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I, I don't know how many ships are in the game. I've got 450, and I don't have all of the ships. So that's a less than 1% affection rate. Affection? You know what I mean. So, yeah, I, I would not be at all surprised if they, if they realized that this was an issue as soon as they started introducing these rapid-firing gunboat destroyers. And then they'd said, well, okay, how many ships is it going to affect? Less than half a percent of the available ships. How noticeable is it? Hardly at all. How much would it cost to fix it? A lot. It'll be fine. <laughs> Let it go. <laughs> And it's only now that somebody's actually noticed it that they're working on a fix. Yeah, they have they have said, well, specifically, uh, they are changing how it's uh, calculated for sequential firing, which should address that issue. And then they're working on a fix for the underlying um, issue. The underlying of, actual issue. And that's yeah. going to take time. The other thing that Flamu did talk about, though, which this doesn't really address is... Uh, that these uh, this the, the way the tick rate works, and Flamu went into it in way more detail. But um, that it, it introduces essentially thresholds for some captains, because like adrenaline rush and BFT, where uh, there are scenarios where it, it becomes essentially wasted points, or you're not getting the full value that you should get because of the the the, the, the tick rate creating these thresholds. So you might take so much damage, expect to get such and such a reduction in your your reload time. Effectively, it doesn't kick in until you've taken even more damage than that kind of thing. Right. So, uh, uh, it occurs to me we should probably explain, just for the benefit of those people who don't watch Flabu's YouTube videos, what exactly is going on here. And that is basically that certain ships with very, very fast reloads, um, because of the way the server-side response calculations are taken into account, means that skills like basic firing training and adrenaline rush give you effectively a zero benefit to your rate of fire. I think you can get it down to two seconds and anything faster than that, the guns will reload. You'll get the benefit in the reload, but the guns will not fire until the server refreshes. So they're essentially 
a complete waste of points at the moment. Yes. It's basically that the, and the sad part is that, you know, the reload is sort of, you see what your own, uh, client calculates, right? So you see the correct reload, you see when it's ready to fire, but it only talks to the server like, uh, every zero, yeah, 0.14 seconds or so, right? And so until the next time it talks with a server, your guns can't fire. So if you've got very fast firing guns and you get like a 5% reload bonus from a, perk you probably get nothing at all and this is not something that they are really addressing this much because i think someone in the article they said oh no no captain skills are working fine this is not a problem with them <laughs> yeah the captain skills are doing what they should but it, you still don't get the benefits so yeah. they are not really yeah the skills work in theory because you can see the reload occurring it's just the guns are sitting around waiting for the server tick to refresh before they accept the fact that the guns have reloaded and have been ready to fire for the last tenth of a second. So it's a small difference, but I mean, some of these captain skills, they cost a lot of points mm. and it, you get nothing out of them on certain does, ships. It does make the, it's like sitting down and trying to figure out which captain skills are actually going to be worth it on ships, like way more complicated for the end yeah. user. Yeah. <sighs> Although it should be stressed that it does only affect a small number of ships with very rapid firing guns. Once you can get the reload down to like two seconds, that's when it starts becoming a problem. And that's not going to be the case for the vast majority of ships. It's it's not that it isn't a problem, it's just it's not a problem for everything. I mean, interestingly enough, when you think about it, yes and no, like it's, it's constant DPM, it's the only problem for a few ships, but... What everyone has to deal with is that technically when you press your gunfire button, there might be a 0.14 second delay until your ships fire. Not the biggest yeah. deal because it's not that fast moving, but technically your guns don't necessarily fire when you left click, no matter what you Yeah, that's true. In. Yeah, I suppose in that respect, yes, it does actually affect everybody. It's just more noticeable on more rapid firing ships. I mean, the test that Flamu did, he had a ship with uh, no equipment, no captain skills, and he fired the guns continuously for a minute fired 136 shells and then he loaded up a captain with all of the skills all of the equipment and he fired continuously for one minute and fired 136 shells <laughs> what's the point hmm. i mean i always i also wonder why like for the sequential fire, i mean that's what they said they're fixes but for sequential fire the the guns are checked only half as often like who, who implemented that it's like okay if you hold down the mouse button, probably because you want to fire that quickly. Yeah, we'll just don't check as often if you want to fire. It's, well, apparently the big world game engine was originally developed for an MMO or something like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. This, this, I mean, this is going way back. It's not been used yeah. for that many games that it was originally no. meant as, yeah, as an MMO and, and, engine. And you don't need stupidly fast server refreshes for an MMO. Uh, you know, you're not playing Fortnite or Counter-Strike Global Offensive here. Um, so they just never really... And World of Warships, you would never really... Anti- you wouldn't think that it would manifest... Because obviously World of Tanks uses the, a modified version of the same game engine, but it's the same basic underlying code. You would have thought that in a faster-paced game like World of Tanks, it, the, the problem would have been noticed there first. But in World of Tanks, you don't really have guns that fire every two seconds either, even on the autoloaders. Um, so it's it's unusual that it would appear f- the problem would manifest first in a much 
slower paced game like World of Warships. I mean, I kind of that that's triggered a memory though. I mean, do you remember when the Panzer One C was first introduced and there were just hordes and hordes of them, and it was actually <laughs> affecting game performance? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's a good point, actually, because um, with the all these tiny little tanks zipping around at 70 kilometers per hour, blazing away with all, uh, very rapid-firing autocannons, you're watching your frame rates tank <laughs> the second you got swarmed by one or, by, you know, by two or more of them. Um, but they had that issue right at the beginning of World of Tanks as well with the T-54. They called it the Flying Saucer, not because of the shape of the turret, but because it traveled too quickly for the game to update. Yeah, so it would rubber band around the map. You would aim at it, but it wasn't where you were actually aiming at. It's just that the server hadn't updated. um, Didn't they have to increase spotting checks? That was another thing. I I can clearly remember I'm sitting there, I'm on Ensk, and I've got my gun pointing down the street because I can see on the minimap that a light tank is about to cross my T. And I'm sitting there aiming at it, and it didn't appear until it was three quarters of the way across the street mm. because of how infrequently per second the server polled to refresh everything. So I could see it was coming. My gun was aimed, wasn't moving the barrel, wasn't moving the turret, and the tank was across the street and gone before I got the opportunity to shoot at it, before I even saw it. And, it was, and I, I did a couple of videos on that sort of thing, pointing out how bloody annoying it was. And after that, they updated the frequency at which World of Tanks polls the server. But that only really became a thing when they started introducing all kinds of tanks that could do 60 kilometers per hour or more. Mm. So yeah, they kind of had the same thing in World of Tanks several years back. Yeah, it's kind of not maybe that surprising dealing with, I mean, a gaming company generally, I'm not going to sing about Wargaming for this, that, that you know, they're, they're doing this in a very reactive rather than a proactive manner because you know it's going to cost them i'm sure they knew that this was a problem but they just they did a you know damage damage containment exercise on it how many ships is it going to affect three how likely is it that anybody's going to notice extremely unlikely let it ride and it wasn't and obviously it wasn't until it was noticed that they and with the speed at which they've got this statement prepared that they they knew this was an issue I, I wonder nobody's, if nobody's like... had to investigate anything here. Right? This, they've had this in a in a drawer somewhere, waiting to be wheeled out, or at least the data. I, I wonder though, like if everybody, I mean, they're a big company, and we all know communications isn't their best, uh, like the best trade. So I wonder if, for mm-hmm. example, the people who come up with ship starts knew that there was an issue with the mechanics. I mean, some software engineer probably knew, but how how many people in the company were aware of this? Because, for example, the is is this the the Forest Sherman or so? Isn't it like one of the f- most fast firing ships that's soon going to be released, like a destroyer, right? And it's like they have, despite the fact that obviously part of Wargaming knew this, they have not changed the the design or so. They kept making ships that yeah. are affected. I mean, it's actually, the question is, are base reloads even affected? Because when you think about it, unless a base reload is a multiplication of the tick rate, you don't even get your full base reload on certain ships, right? Might that actually... depends on how they calculate the base reload. I mean, we know how they calculate it, but how the server processes it. We don't know how that happens. It might be a problem, but we don't know. Yeah, because I, I have a feeling that they just like completely ignored the problem and 
they 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 haven't tried to work around it. Even though, no, like, if no. there's an issue that you know is existing but you don't want to fix it, you can try to work around it. But Logan was like, "Yep, yeah, no, no." <laughs> yeah, they just let it go. Like I said, it's it's not an issue until you get ships in the game with a sufficiently high rate of fire, either the base rate of fire or with modifiers and skills taken into account where that reload gets down to around two seconds or below when you start seeing no benefit. And it never seems to go below two seconds. Even though the reload is like 1.9, 1.8 seconds, the guns aren't firing 1.9 and 1.8 seconds. It's every two seconds, give or take a fraction of a second either side. Um, and they keep designing and putting in, actually we can talk about that because there's new ships <laughs> on the dev blog, uh, that are also going to be affected by this problem. And they have to know that that's going to happen, but nobody will notice. It'll be fine. <laughs> it's just, we'll worry about this when people kick up a fuss, which is exactly what's happened. So I guess the moral of the story is we have to keep kicking up a fuss. Yeah, you have to keep an eye on them and yeah. not let them get away with stuff, which has always been the case with Wargaming. Well, I mean, with this, we can, we like, keep them honest. Yeah, tie into the important message for the World of Warships community, which is, I guess, sort of a follow-up on the statement that, well, what, half a year or so happened? Yeah, six months. Um, kind of a good... This is, uh, this is from the development blog. Yes. This was posted on the 8th of February. Um, and it's a follow-up to the whole... Uh, what are we calling it? Community contributor exodus? Shitstorm of about six months ago. CC rework. Um, mouse yeah. gate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Little white mouse gate. Uh, so this is a follow-up to that, basically saying what they have done, the promises that they have delivered on of all the promises that they made six months ago. Um, so first of all, communication from Wargaming. This is a good thing, I suppose. Um, it seems relatively honest. Although I was kind of disappointed by the stuff that wasn't mentioned rather than the stuff that was mentioned. But yeah, I mean, random mechanics. Wow. Wow. Well, I guess they couldn't call them surprise mechanics. Had to come <laughs> up with another word for it. <laughs> We're talking about loot boxes here. Uh, they have disclosed the drop rates for the loot boxes. They said they would do it. They actually did it earlier than I was expecting them to. I was yeah. thinking that they were going to let it ride for Christmas to get the maximum possible money out of it, but they did it in time for Christmas. Didn't have to. They did. Uh, I suspect that the reason why they were so good about this, because I don't... I, I, I'm. How can I put this? I am reluctant to give Wargaming a free pass on anything. I suspect that my phone is about to go off. And I also suspect that they knew that this was the sort of thing that was going to be legislated sooner rather than later anyway. It didn't cost them anything to do this, so they can get a PR win by disclosing the drop rates on their loot boxes sooner rather than later and honestly be able to say, there you go, we said we would do it, we did it. Um, because it's not costing them anything, and this is the sort of thing that is probably going to be legislated and they'll be forced to do sooner rather well, than later. But I still have to give them credit for it. It's something they said they would do. It was at the top of the list of people's complaints. They did do it, and they did it earlier than they needed to. So fair enough. They get a point for that one. Oh, yeah. Second one on the list, uh, unless anybody wants to add to that. Oh, no. 
I think you've covered no. it. Second one on the list, feedback and communication. Um, they've published their plans for the game for the next six months. They plan to update the roadmap every quarter, and they have been pushing out a lot more waterline videos and streams. Um, they have been getting better at communication. Again, you kind of have to give them credit for that. Uh, they've got the waterline series. They've got the hotfix series, um, official Discord, more stuff on the development blog. Uh, I'm happy to see that they haven't just crowbarred submarines in in the state that they were in at the time they said they yep. were going to put them in. Um, I'm not convinced that they can actually make them work in random battles. Uh, the submarines still strike me as a a very badly designed one-trick pony. They're good for one thing and one thing only. They're just bad destroyers. Um, and, th th I mean, they're complete, they, they've implemented them in a completely unrealistic way. I mean, I know it's not a simulator, it's an arcade game, but at the same time, come on. Yeah, they, they bear almost no relation to the actual historical use of yeah. subs in that period. Got submarines fire. I mean, the Russians experimented with hydrogen peroxide as a fuel for their torpedoes, and even they couldn't get the torpedoes to go as fast as some of the torpedoes and these things. Um, but yeah, you know, whatever. Um, good news. They're giving them additional testing and tweaking. I, I remain unconvinced that they'll ever be able. I mean, they. I think they could make submarines work in the convoy game mode, which oh, yeah. you you think would be exactly the sort of thing that they were suited for. But they were the one class of vessel that you couldn't take into the convoy game mode. I mean, what the fuck? Ah, oh, you might have to bleep that out. Sorry, but seriously, what the fuck? I mean, come on. It was a it was a gimme, a complete no brainer. But they drop, oh, whatever. Anyway, less said about submarines, the better. Uh, distribution methods for new ships, yeah. Um, I'm, I don't know if you can remember. I can't even remember if you were both there. Pretty sure Pointy Head Jedi wasn't. But the first community contributor summit in Saint Petersburg. Mid twenty five, so I definitely wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't. Okay. Um, they were talking about. People had too much free experience, too much experience stockpiled on the ships. So they needed to come up with ways of of getting people to spend all that free experience. And it couldn't just be something as simple as increasing the cost of the free XP ships, which is why, like, the Missouri was 750000 and then the Masashi was a million, I think. And that was one. But that's why they came up with a research bureau. And yet they still continue. Whenever they introduce a new line of ships, they're giving people the tier three, four, five, six, seven, and eight, potentially for free. And I've never understood the logic behind that. It, it, but that's what they're continuing to do. Missions and drops uh, for new ship lines as they're introduced. So, yeah, it's something that I've never understood. It seems to fly in the face of one of the big problems that the game has, getting people to spend their XP on something other than just introducing a new line of ships every three months. But, hey, whatever. Distribution methods for new ships. Uh, there's a link on the dev block there to more news on that. Then they go to what lies ahead for us. Um, and they mentioned something here that I was very disappointed to not see, which was the second bullet point, working on aircraft carriers. Oof, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> we carry out regular tests to check different hypotheses and ideas, including those related to the mechanics of ship detection by planes. Do you remember them bringing that one up? Yes. Say, saying that... Like the radio range for tanks and scouts in World of Tanks, where the scout could go and spot an enemy, but if the scout didn't have a radio with enough range 
and you were outside of the radio range of the scout tank, you wouldn't see the enemy on the map. You wouldn't see them to shoot at them. Or you would see them on the map, but you wouldn't see them to shoot at them. Um, and they were talking about doing something like that for carriers, because the biggest problem... Well, it's not the biggest problem, but one big problem with aircraft carriers is they can scout the entire enemy team within 30 seconds of the start of a match, and there's nothing you can do about it. And if you're in a destroyer, that's really bad news. So what if the scout aircraft couldn't, didn't have the radio range to signal back to the rest of the ships in the fleet? Then, you know, okay, you're spotted by an aircraft, but nobody else is, is far enough away. Everybody else is too far away to see you, so fine, no problem. Sounded like a great idea. That one's kind of disappeared into the fog of battle. Uh, they, they talk they, about it here. They said that they were going to test this internally and that it needed a lot of testing, and then they'd come back like later with, with data. But the thing about aircraft spotting is that I think like aircraft carriers have just, I don't know, a big lobbying group inside Wargaming that pressures Wargaming into not doing anything about it. Because honestly, that, that's the one part that I understand the least about spotting. Because... I don't think most people play aircraft carriers for spotting, right? Wargaming has the no. population numbers that they want to achieve, but most carriers spot by accident, not bad. Yes, it's more through luck than judgment. It's I'm going for that target there, and you just happen to spot the other ships around them. You're not trying to spot the other ships around them. Unless your carrier's already been sunk, and you've only got three aircraft left in the squadron, uh, and you are capable of thinking and breathing at the same time. <laughs> which admittedly cuts out most of the aircraft carrier player base. But those 3% who actually can think and breathe at the same time, oh, I'm going to upset a lot of people in the comments of this one. <laughs> now, let, Don't try to here. attack. Let, let, let's be fair here. It probably cuts out most of the World of Warships player base. True. <laughs> but, you know, the intelligent player won't just throw those aircraft away. They'll keep them outside of anti-aircraft range, and they will scout for the team for the, as long as they possibly can with the three or four aircraft they have remaining. Um, other than that, yeah, most most spotting. I mean, you might go over a cap circle on your way if it's not going to take you too far out of your way in order to torpedo the big dumb battleship. But generally speaking, carrier players don't play to spot. They just spot by virtue of the fact that they're in the most overpowered and broken class in the game. Yeah, and that's why I don't understand why they don't nerf spotting, because honestly, like, if they touch the damage or the anti-air or the plane recharger, so then they lose aircraft player, players, right? And they don't want yeah. it. They want to keep the population number. But I really think addressing spotting would only affect, like, the top percent of the aircraft players yeah. that actually understand spotting. The so super could... unicum aircraft, uh, aircraft carrier players, yeah. It would only affect them. The majority yes. wouldn't, wouldn't even notice that the change had been implemented. Yeah, and, and that, so it would be such an easy way of bringing aircraft carriers more in line with game balance, with not upsetting their population. Yeah. And yet they still don't do it. And it's so obvious that they oppose it because, I mean, you remember they told us they can't implement minimap spotting only because it would confuse people. They said they tested this internally and it didn't work. It's like every time we brought it up, it's like, guys, guys, we've tested it internally. It didn't work. It's too confusing. Yeah, I don't believe them. Obviously, this, we've I mean, test, this this we've tested it internally and it didn't work is their way of saying people might actually like this if we put it onto the test server and let players have a go at it. So we'll just have to tell them we tested it internally and it didn't work. It's the standard uh, cop out. And and it's like it's the same like cycling. So the the concept is in the game, but it's not too confusing the cycling, but it's too confusing with carriers. And now the late test then they came up with the idea to make anti-aircraft uh, AA more useless and make carriers stronger in order to address spotting. 
that the people didn't like. So they dropped it again. And then they came up with the even more confusing idea of limited range spotting, which is even more confusing than minimap spotting only, which they're now testing internally. So it's pretty clear that they have no intention of uh, solving the problem because the obvious yeah. solution, they're just not going for it. You have to wonder, though. I mean, if they're saying, no, it's too confusing for players, let's not forget that they are talking about players for whom they thought having to tell the difference between an aircraft and a ship consumable was too complicated, so they just automated the ship consumables. I've said this on multiple occasions. I'm not making this up. I've heard this straight from the mouths of the developers themselves, actually in person. They think that aircraft carrier players are too stupid to be able to manage their own ship's consumables. Uh, well... <laughs> who knows maybe they are telling the truth maybe it is too complicated <laughs> yeah but then then they like but their newest idea is even the more complicated version yeah. because it's mean map spotting only for if you're too far away and you only can see it at a certain range and they yeah, have but then, in it. but then they so. can say we tested it internally and it was too complicated <laughs> <laughs> I'm, well, I'm just waiting for that post in a few months yeah by the way, ship distribution that you touched earlier, what we forgot to mention is that they obviously, since they've gone away from, oh, if, since they've implemented drop rates of random mechanics and such, they have come up with the new uh, genius idea of auctioning off ships, and currently they are auctioning off a Grammy action. Yes! Yeah. This is the nicest one. And the, uh, the, the most humorous note I find is that they state that the battle balance and situation combat will remain almost the same since the lots are not numerous. So basically, Wargaming's oh. idea of balancing is if not too many people have a ship, it by definition is balanced. It was a pre-order ship, wasn't it? Uh, yes. Remy Ashley and Yubari. Remy Sims, uh, I think. Yeah, Yubari. Argo. Uh, I can't remember where Yubari came in. Yeah, Yubari, Sims, and Remy Ashley was a three-ship pre-order package. Yes. Uh, Atago replaced uh, Kitakazi. Kitakazi. Kitakami. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean that's why hardly anybody has them. They haven't been on sale for six years. So what balance? Because they're rare. Yeah. Well, they're rare because you have have, have created artificial scarcity. Yeah, it doesn't. You didn't... I mean, in the case of the Gremi, to be fair, it, it, it's not like it's grossly powerful tier five or anything. It's a very competent tier five destroyer. It used to be back in pre-order when there were yeah, only when Japanese you... and American destroyers in the game. It when was busy uh, fire back in those days. It was yeah, uh, yeah. Gremi was a fairly overpowered ship. Um, but it's been a long time since yeah. the Gremiashi was put into the game. It was prior to the game going out. It was a close beat of ship. There's not many of them, so they're fine. Yeah. yeah, it's still a good ship, but it is by no means as good as it was in the couple of days before the game went live. There have been a lot of water under the bridge since then, all kinds of other ships that make the Gremiashi just look oh, well, it's oh, still yeah. fairly I mean, good. And less than that on because uh, the minimum bid was like ten thousand gold and you could spend less than that on something like Leningrad or like there's plenty of other premium ships that are just as good if not better. Yeah. Like, entirely playing on the rarity of it. So it's it's pretty overpriced. Yeah. I mean honest. I I actually played the Gremi actually fairly recently. 
Because I thought, oh, yeah, the Grimiashi, that's been around donkey's years. I wonder what it's like. Tier 5, not too bad. Yeah, it's not as good as it used to be. True. Either, they, that, they are, either that or I'm not. They are trying to cash in on the reputation in this case. Yeah, they're doing the Type 59 on it, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. the Type 59 isn't the tank that it used to be either. Well, because the, the game's uh, moved on. The alien had the, the M4 or the M6, M- whatever The M6AE1. Yeah, M6AE1E3 or something like that. That yeah. was the World Attacks pre-order that caused a big ruckus when they put yeah, that well, on. Yeah, well, that's, be- that's because yeah. they promised that you would never yeah. be able to get it other than in the pre-order. And then, like, ten years later, they said, yeah, we're putting this on sale. Oh, really, said everybody who already owned one. And then they went ahead and did it anyway. Mm. Pretty much. At the end of the day, with Wargaming, you always have to ask the question, where's the money? And that, follow the money, and that will lead you to the answer to any question that you might have. Whether it's going to cost too much money to fix it, or whether they'll make too much money by putting it in, or not make too much money by not putting it in. That's, that's always the answer to your question, which is perfectly fair. They're a business at the end of the day. They're not a charity. But it's when they try to make it sound like they're doing things for other reasons. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Not buying it, sorry. I mean, it's, they, they aren't directly selling it. They're putting up for a blind auction where you have to guess how much you want to bid and hope that you are in the winning bids. So it's, it's not... Which encourages, a... which encourages people to post ridiculous amounts. Yes. If it was a proper auction, uh, they, they, I mean, it might still go for a ridiculous amount, but if you don't know how much you, you might be getting out of bid by, then you just you bet the farm, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I mean, that, it, it's whale hunting. It is. Yes. It, it's definitely whale hunting. They're going for yeah. the, the whales that have lots of gold or lots of money they're willing to spend, poor impulse control, and a desire to have a rare yeah. ship that they don't necessarily have already. Yes, ex- that's exactly what it is. And like they say, 80% of the income comes from 20% of the players. <sighs> so where are we? Oh, well, Huron? They're yes, putting the Huron in. Appears to be a replacement for Hyder, which is one you can't buy anymore, I believe. Until they, until (laughs) (laughs) until the next time you can. I mean, Hyder is by far like the stealthiest tier seven destroyer, so it's Hyder is amazing. It's it's a little bit less good than a Cossack, but not like for for a tier seven, it's pretty strong. So yeah, but the Cossack's tier eight, so yeah, yeah. It's, it's basically Cossack with what one less turret. Yeah, yeah. The hide, the hide is amazing. So yeah, no longer on sale, of course, until the next time they put it on sale. Once they've drummed up enough hype. Uh, so yeah. yeah, Huron. It's. I'm sure it'll be a perfectly fine ship. It's just a shame that. I mean, this is the ship that should have been put into the game in place of. Oh, I couldn't. I'm struggling to remember the name there. Yukon. Yukon. Yeah, this yeah. is the one I think that they they pushed for another destroyer, and uh, Wargaming was like, "Nope, it's a battleship." Yeah, doing a battleship, a Canadian battleship. Yep. What does that look like? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Huron. Uh, it only cost them most of most of their biggest community contributors, but eventually, six months later, the Huron is going to come into the game, and hopefully, they won't screw it up. No stats, just their. I mean, they say we're ready to share information about the status, i.e. they've done the 3D model, but that's it. Looking at it, uh, it's the same gun layout as Hyder, and uh, it's still got that single um, 
a, a torpedo, quad torpedo launcher. So uh, yeah. it looks like it'll have the same firepower, but I imagine it'll have rather worse stealth. Stealth, yeah. It's it, It'll be higher, but not quite as good in one way or another. Maybe a slower reload, worse stealth, slightly slower, whatever. It'll still probably be a pretty good ship. I imagine so, yeah. It had better be. <laughs> They've pissed off Canada more than enough. Yeah, you, you they don't, don't want, want to screw this up. Down your door. Yeah. Um, oh, God, yeah. Next point. Very soon we'll share the latest results of the balance changes for Zao, Petra Pavlovsk, and the FDR. So they did buff the Zao, didn't they? They have like 2,000 more hit points? Yes. Yes. And then they never admitted, Yeah, because they never admitted that the Zao needed changes. They said as, it was as a gesture of goodwill to everybody saying, buff the Zao which people have been saying for years. I mean, the Zhao isn't a bad ship, but it, it kind of has been power crept a little. It's still pretty good at what it does, but it, it's it's got a very limited field of what it is good at. Um, it's, it, you know, it can't do everything well, like Petra Pavlos, uh, which is also on the list, and FDR, which is just, I mean, in a... In a wow. <laughs> Do you, think, do you remember when they introduced that thing? Yeah, I think a lot of people are still, I mean, myself included, still wonder why it was put in the game in the first place. Oh. Well, but yeah, balance changes. So it's been, it's been six, but it's been six months, and they still haven't done it. They still are talking about doing it rather than actually doing it. I mean, how long does it take? How much internal testing? But whatever. They are at least still communicating about it. They're letting us know that they haven't forgotten. And uh, everybody complained that we haven't seen a new map in two years. Turns out it takes a year to make a new map, which is amusing because when I went to the Community Contributors Summit, they produced a new map in 24 hours, which we designed for them. And Yeah. Obviously, it was a bit rough around, the re- rough around the edges, but it didn't take no year to get a new map into the game. So hopefully we're going to see some new mechanics and new features on this map which would explain why it's taken them an entire fucking year to put a new map into the game after promising they would. So it's based on the Faroe Islands. They reckon we're going to have it by the summer, so maybe in four months. It does look pretty nice. And I have to say, I am loving the look of those icebergs. I don't know if you've seen the screenshots. I don't know if oh, when yeah. you come to actually edit yeah. this, you can put the screenshots up. But it does look nice. And that is about it. No mention whatsoever about one of the other things that they promised us six months ago. Putting back all of the operations that they took out of the game because, ooh, aircraft carriers, so none of these operations work anymore. Yep. We've we've not heard, I think, literally anything since then about... Nope, not a thing. They promised they would put them back in. They promised a, a new operation, and they have done fuck all. If they had done anything, they would have been talking about it in this dev blog post because they're talking about everything else that it's taken them six months to do and they haven't done yet. Not a word about operations. You still can't complete any missions in operations. Um, There's still only a bare selection of operations to choose from, Uh, none of them higher than Tier 7. It's like they just... Well, I mean, we can't let them forget. You know, we're aiming. We remember you said you'd do this. Do it. We're not letting you get away with it. I mean, it's it's. Uh, I mean, I'm not having much hopes. Maybe once no. they've uh, finally considered how to implement submarines or something, I think that's still pretty much a submarines all on deck thing. Yeah, but it a lot surprised thing- me. Yeah. 
would, wouldn't surprise me because they said that we're going to put a new op in. Or did they? I'm pretty sure they said that, but I'm not 100% sure. But a submarine operation, because that's what submarines are basically almost pretty much made for. That's how they were introduced with that Halloween event that was... Exactly. Uh, yeah. <sighs> but I, I don't know. Shall we move on to another blog post, or is there anything else you want to say about that one? I just want to mention when I said they will share the latest results of balance changes for Sal, Petro, and Roosevelt. Like, those balance changes are about half a year old, and they yeah. nerfed the reload of Petro for half a second. It's like it's not like it was a proper... Like, it, it's just that so many people complained about this shit because it's brokenly overpowered that after, what, years, they said, okay, okay, we will nerf it, but, you know, we do, like, small incremental changes, but we do them repeatedly, so, you know, it's it's just a small change, like, half a second, and there was nothing, like, half a year, and it's, like, after half a year, they are, like, ah, we will share the latest results of changes. I can tell you this result. Nothing has changed. Small changes made very, very slowly. Yeah, once every <laughs> six months, we'll do a small change. It's like when everybody's complaining about the Kremlin being too tanky, and they said, we've heard your concerns, and we're going to nerf its anti-aircraft, medium-range anti-aircraft aura, <laughs> aura <laughs> slightly, because it's too tanky. I'll, I'll, I'll shut them up. Really? Yeah. Anyway. Also, apparently um, they mentioned during an official stream that second half of the year there will be something with operations. So, uh, yeah, so basically uh, in an undisclosed future, that's probably right, so going to be delayed again. 18 months. 18 months after they said that they were going to do it, they're planning to announce what it is that they haven't actually done yet. Or are they just hoping that we'll have all forgotten it by then? Maybe. But the sad thing is, they're probably right. Most people will have forgotten it because they've managed to drive the popularity of... of Because every time we said... I mean, you guys remember. Um, and I'm probably breaking an NDA. <laughs> but fuck it. Every time we raised the question of operations, they always came back with the same answer. People don't like operations. Nobody... It's not a popular game mode. Nobody wants to play it. Yeah, because of you, you fuckers. <laughs> You keep taking them out. You you remove the. You used to be able to complete missions in operations. Not anymore. So the rewards you can only earn once, and you can't even complete missions in them. And there's only five operations to choose from. There used to be ten. And you, possibly, yeah, you've pulled half of them out. Nobody's playing them because of you, you fuckers. You're deliberately driving the popularity into the ground so that you can say nobody plays operations and it's not worth supporting them. It was only last year that they even um, got around to finally resetting the rewards. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that came out as a result of um, a little white mouse gate. That was in the last six months. Yeah. But they only did it once. <laughs> well, I don't oh. know. If there isn't a big enough fuck up, should I reset it again? Throw us another bone. The next time they screw everything up, they'll throw us another little bone and say, yeah, we're resetting the reward progress and operations again. There you go. Now shut up. No, so, what's next? Um, well, they, they announced cruisers, the... Cruisers. And we were speculating last week that, you know, we've got heavy cruisers <laughs> going up to tier 10, so it'll surely be a line of French light cruisers that are a side branch. No. 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 <laughs> No, it's variations on the Dunkirk. 
that are now apparently cruisers. They even yes. say, similar to the Dunkirk-class fast battleship. You know, really? <laughs> really? Yeah. So, yeah, we've got the Cherbourg, a Tier 7, super heavy cruiser. Um, main battery consisting of eight 305mm guns. So, it's a Tier 8 Dunkirk, in the same way that the Strasbourg is a Tier 7 Dunkirk. I think it's actually smaller caliber Dunkirk. It's got the three thirties, which you see at tier. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, they're even smaller caliber guns. Yeah, I say like eleven inch, twelve inch. Can't remember what three hundred five is. Yeah, yeah, and then you've got the Brest at tier nine, which has the Dunkirk's guns, three hundred and thirty millimeter guns. Uh, they probably have higher penetration than the Dunkirk, and probably better accuracy because it's tier nine. So we would hope they better be better than the Dunkirk's guns, but it's basically a tier nine Dunkirk. Um, and then you've got the Marseille at tier 10. Nine 330mm guns, although the turrets are arranged in the same way as the Ismo, so realistically, most of the time, unless you want to give an awful lot of big, flat, high-sided broadside to shoot at, you'll only be using six of them, so you're a tier 10 Dunkirk. Also 330mm guns. Technically one extra turret, but unless you want to get citadel you are not going to be exposing that turret to fire. So, let's see. They're going to be fast. Although it does say thanks to the traditionally French improved engine boost. So, uh, generally, the engine boost gives you an 8% speed buff, but the French one gives you 20%. Is that correct? I can't remember the numbers offhand. Yeah. I know I the remember. 8%. I'm not sure about the 20%, but it's a very good engine boost. A boost. I was trying to say boof. I tried to say buff and boost at the same time. <laughs> anyway, um, but I'm, I'm a bit worried whether or not the speed depends on having the engine boost running. But they've done something like that with um, oh, the two British battlecruisers, the Incomparable and the Repulse. They give it a, you know, if you take the right captain skill and fit the right module, you can have the engine boost and the ship running at nearly 40 knots for anything up to four minutes. So it does work, but it's, you know, relying on crutches and gimmicks in order to sell something, like they did with the Dutch cruisers, which are utter garbage, and the troop trying try to balance around the airstrikes. Mm. We do, we no. do have some stats. We can see that the Cherbourg, yeah, uh, thirty-one point nine knots. It's uh, not slow. Okay, the rest thirty-one point five, and Marseille is where is it hiding? Marseille is something. What what I find interesting is that the tier eight has the worst concealment, and the concealment gets better as you go high up the tiers for some reason. Oh, naughty. 25mm plating on the Cherbourg. Oof. Yeah, these, these oh, it, I mean, it's weird because it notes that they're going to have uh, increased oh. accuracy on their secondaries, 139mm, so they'll have good pen. Okay. Uh, Decent uh, secondary. Here's the thing. Decent secondaries. And yes, the French 139mm are decent guns. Uh, if they give them improved accuracy and extended range, fantastic. But every single one of these ships it's 25 millimeter plating. Yeah, they, they, they look like they're going to be fairly squashy, so it's yeah. going to be a slightly weird combination. But we've, we've had some lines with weird combinations. I mean, the, yeah. the Italian being tested right now, the, the, the destroyers have quite a weird combination, and they've already buffed the, uh, the uh, cripplingly small main battery range on those several times by this point. I've just noticed something else. 25 millimeter plating, so they're going to 
each Citadel's from 16-inch armor piercing or higher. In fact, 25 millimeter can 15-inch AP overmatch that? 25. I'm not sure. Definitely 16-inch, and we're talking tier eight, nine, and ten ships here. So there's a not going to be there's going to be no shortage of 16-inch guns shooting at them. Um, also, 25 millimeter plating. So pretty much nobody other than destroyers are going to need IFHE to get through the deck armor, and the fires last 60 seconds. <laughs> yeah. So they're going to eat huge high explosive chunk damage and burn forever. But at least they're fast if you're running an engine boost. It, it, it must always be stressed when we look at things like these, that these are very preliminary stats, but, True, but having you can said read. that, they, yeah, rarely, you can... they rarely completely change their initial idea of what a line is going to be about. Yeah, you can, you can see what they're aiming at by looking at these stats, even if the stats change a little bit here or there. I mean, just something as simple as giving them 27 millimeters of plating, so for God's sake, at least they've got the same plating as other cruisers at the same tier. Or some other cruisers at the same tier, um, because let's face, they're not they're not cruisers. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're tier seven, eight, nine, and ten. Oh, sorry, tier eight, nine, and ten Dunkirks in pretty much every way that matters, as well as the. I mean, they're almost kind of following on with the battle cruiser theme that we've yeah. been on lately. Yeah, yeah, that, that's basically what they are. First, we had like you know the Azuma and the Shino and the Alaska and. Uh, Puerto Rico, and then all of the German battlecruisers, and now basically we're getting French battlecruisers. That's that's basically what it is. I'm not, not necessarily a bad thing. Just don't go around under the misconception that these things are actually battleships because they're not. I have yeah. talked about it a while ago, but you know maybe it would be an idea to not call these cruisers in game. You know these these large kind of intermediate between large call cruisers. Them what they are. They're battlecruisers. Well, just, kind of, yeah. I mean, but yeah, to, to have them be a separate category for matchmaking purposes, and so people also, you know, yeah. the psychological element of people are not thinking of these as, as cruises necessarily. Yeah, they'll they'll never do that. The, the amount Probably. of different, they'll never do it because they, if they did that, they would have to expand team sizes beyond twelve in order to give everybody a chance of getting into the same battle. And the cruiser category is so bloated at the moment. You've got cruisers that are basically big destroyers, like the Alaska and the Austin. You've got light cruisers, who are these days only played by the extremely brave and the sailing Robin. Then you've got the heavy cruisers um, and the super cruisers, and that's that's four different distinct styles of ship in one category. Um, it's they're so bloated. They they really do need to start making distinctions between. Light cruisers, heavy cruisers, battle cruisers. But if they did that, they would have to expand the team size, and they, the servers can't handle it. I brought this up when they were talking about introducing submarines. Because it, worst case scenario, right, with twelve players per team, two carriers. How many submarines was the limit? Was it two, two or three? It was two. Let's say two. So two carriers, two submarines, anything up to. Four destroyers, and that leaves battleships and cruisers. So let's say two battleships. That leaves two slots for cruisers. Super cruiser, heavy cruiser, light cruiser, radar cruiser, small AA cruiser, Austin, Atlanta. 
which basically means that that leaves you four ships on the team, potentially. The two battleships and the two cruisers that are going to be visible. Because four are destroyers, two are submarines, and two are aircraft carriers. So those four players that aren't in the submarines, destroyers, or aircraft carriers, most of the time, at best, are only going to see another four enemy ships to shoot at. You introduce all of these new classes, you keep the team size at 12, this problem starts arising. And with the proliferation of all these different types of cruisers, the battle cruisers, the heavy cruisers, the light cruisers, the small gunboat-style AA destroyer-type cruisers, I mean, all of that in one class, where you might only get two or three of them on the team, the, the, it, it's, it's like one team has three cruisers, the other team has three cruisers. Yeah, but this team has three Petra Pavlovsks. <laughs> Yeah. This this team has a Minotaur and two Austins. <laughs> it, it's okay. Soon I'll show you data that Petro is balanced. <laughs> yeah. We uh. also do have the uh, on the same page the first announced super cruiser, whatever you want to call it, at tier seven, the two long. Yeah. Uh, oh, which yeah. Was just, they actually know that you know it was, a, it was a project for a battleship with a displacement of seventeen thousand five hundred tons, which that's that's not a battleship. No, <laughs> so it's one of those things where the terminology that's a, used. Yeah, that's, a, the that's, that's a pre-dreadnought. Pretty much. Um, so yeah, it, it it's going to be the three hundred five mils, and it looks like are they. Twin turrets? It's hard to tell. Is it quad turrets? Hang on, let's actually look at it. It's uh, two times four. Okay, yeah, so it's eight, it's, it's eight guns facing It's two forward. quad turrets, yeah. Look at the size of the foreign deck. I mean, it's, it's like they were so impressed with the incomparable that they couldn't help themselves make more weird, weird stuff like this. I think this is going to be one of those things that came up in, like, you know, the Germany came out with the Deutschlands and the French panicked and went, ah. Yeah, the design French, something with bigger guns. Yeah, the French did a lot of that, a lot of reactive ship design. Yeah. Um, you know, the Germans are doing this, the British are doing this, quick, design something to counter it. Uh, and then it arrived a generation late. Uh, so, main battery reload booster, fairly standard. Repair party. Okay, so it's tier 7 cruiser with a repair party. Hydro or defensive AA, so no-brainer, Hydro, uh, and a catapult fighter. And 16 millimeters of plating. Oh, yes. <laughs> really? <laughs> Where's that? <laughs> uh, on, on the top, 16 millimeters of plating. That's a battleship, duration. is it? Fly <laughs> duration 60 seconds also. <laughs> but it, it, it has 11.5 base concealment. Now, you can't mount the module at this tier, but with uh, the captain's skill and the, yeah, the camo, you should yes, go to about 10. So you forgot. Or less. Yeah. And the range, the range isn't too shabby either. 16.8 kilometers is that's respectable for tier 7. Yeah. Yeah, you look at some of the British heavy cruisers and they struggle to send shots out further than 13.5 kilometers. That's actually not bad. But that's 16 millimeters of plating. Oh, lordy, that's minotaur levels of protection. <laughs> oh, you're going to get chewed up by destroyers. What are the secondaries like? Um, crap. I mean, yeah. speaking of secondaries, by the way, I mean, those are all cruisers, which means you can't take secondary skills. So when they say they that's have right. increased the accuracy of the secondaries for like yeah, regular points, 
And the other and, part uh, most is you can mount the module rather than take any captain skills. Yeah, and the other part is that the the Dunkirks have the secondaries at the back and the guns at the front, which means yes. you only use your secondaries really if you're running away and somebody is actually close enough while you're running away. Yeah. Yeah, and they all seem to be the same. Although the breast does have a couple of secondaries mounted on the wings, midships, as does the Sherborg. But the majority secondaries are all rearward facing, just like the Dunkirk. So mm, yeah. it isn't going to be a line of Napoli's by any stretch of the imagination. No, but at least they're better than the Dutch cruisers. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, just well, I was actually looking forward to them. Because we're looking at ships that actually took part in World War Two battles. Battle of the Java Sea, the De Reuter, you know. The... Oh, no. Funnily Every... enough, the ones, the ones of the lower tiers, the more historical ones, are actually better than the higher tier ones, where they yeah. gimp to them with the... the, uh, the, with the awful petrol. AP. Just the armor-piercing ammo on those things is so anemic. And it's like they're just... They, every time they announce a change to these Dutch cruisers, there's always a change to the airstrike consumable. For God's mm. sake, stop balancing a ship around its consumables. Make it a good ship, and people will play it. It doesn't have to be overpowered. It just has to not be shit. Hell, I'm I mean, wasted. literally, you could have, and this probably, you know, if I was designing this line, I probably would have done it this way, is, is balance it around the guns as you would any other gun-based cruiser line and, and just make the airdrops a limited consumable, so you have to only get a certain number of uses per... Yeah. I mean, you know, it's nice. It adds something different that Dutch cruisers have that nobody else has. But it shouldn't be the defining feature. You know, you have to give us something that we can actually play with. I mean, I don't know if you ever did. You see when the, when Flammy was trying to get more than a hundred thousand damage done in the Johan de Witt, and he failed in six hours. <laughs> and Flammy's not a bad player, right? <laughs> he just failed. That, oh, the ships are so. Well, they're not. Are they? Re, are they? Ter- I was going to say they're not terrible, but I think they might be. It's not uh... very good. They are. It's, the whole line is just below average, consistently yeah. below average. There's I mean, no high spot, really. Yeah, they're not. They're not terrible. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The Netherlands. Your ships aren't terrible. They just kind of suck a bit. In the the only one that's somewhat fun to play is the De Seven Provincienne, and you know, no surprises there. That's the premium. So they have to at least <laughs> make it somewhat playable. Oh, I, I find that uh, trash compared to the tech. It, it's a verse of the tech tree. I mean, it's out of trash. I, I, I honestly prefer it. I didn't like the Harlem at all. But if you offered me the choice between that and, like, you know, Kutuzov, for instance, which still holds up yeah, reasonably true. well, there's, there's no oh, yeah. real, you know. The Kutuzov problem is, is, yeah, the Kutuzov is great. The, the problem with the Davincian is they removed, I think, the useful hydro consumable and replaced it with a useless engine boost. They think they've given it like the, the light caliber gun, so you need to spec additionally into IFG or something. You still don't have an actual good DPM. The airstrike is harder to use. It's like they've, they've just taken the regular tier eight, made it worse in every conceivable way. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm I mean, just looking not... at the next one. You know, it looks fantastic. Now, that's the most important thing. It's a good-looking <laughs> ship. Remember, do you remember how everybody lost their minds when there was a... I can't remember what it was. 
something parked behind an island, like stationary. You know, the, yeah. the, 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 the absolute best case scenario for getting something with the Dutch airstrike and three golden lions, I think, all targeted this guy at the same mm-hmm. time. And his health bar just, just disappeared. And everybody lost their minds and said, oh, my God, these are the most overpowered things ever. Holy shit. They, looked, they, they met the Petra Pavlovsk look fine and balanced, not taking into consideration the fact that it was, it was like a laboratory condition set up for maximum effective use of this airstrike. And they went and nerfed the airstrike, which was the only good thing about the ship, yeah. based purely on a result of the hype from that one YouTube clip that was going around. Uh. Yeah, yes. I mean, it's, anyway. it's also that, like, the bombs obviously can't penetrate everyone, so against some ships, even if you get the perfect drop, you don't do damage. The thing is, the, the airstrikes are also kind of balanced around fire chance. The only consistent yeah. things that airstrikes do are fires, so you need to hit them and uh, stag it and just get fires going, but you need to be close enough to get them, and the game yeah. isn't really friendly to a cruiser that wants to be close personally. Yeah, under the ideal circumstances, you'd hit him with high explosives, set one fire, he would burn his damage control, and then you hit him with the airstrike and set two fires. But how often is that going to happen? Because first you have to hit him with the airstrike. And for that, they basically have to be not moving. I mean, ideally, you hit him with one airstrike that sets like two fires, he damage consumes, and you hit him with the second airstrike that does two fires, but that requires you hitting two airstrikes. Yeah, good luck with that. So anyway, that was French cruisers. I don't know how we got onto Dutch cruisers. <laughs> Probably I my mean, fault. Staying on topic is not something we do particularly well on this podcast, so it's right. fine. You're in good company. Okay. So what's next? The uh, Sevastopol, Dido, Canarias? Oh, are we looking at that one? Uh, we tend uh, to I think we, we skipped the, the rogue wave thing. Uh, yeah. Um, oh, right. Oh, yeah, was that whole Rogue Wave, Early Access to Italian Destroyers and other... Yeah, let's look at that one. Okay, so Rogue Wave is the game event that they're bringing back. Yeah, it's the, yeah. the post-apocalyptic battles, the basically Battle yeah. Royale thing with four teams of three fighting yeah. around. It was actually pretty fun, I think. It, it, was. Was, it was. It was made a bit less fun due to the uh, insane Benham grind. Yeah, the Benning was like a really good ship, but the the way they did the grind for that was definitely uh, uh, not not particularly friendly to anybody. It was uh, rather it was put together in rather an anti-player way, and then of course they upped the ante later on by making the Puerto Rico even worse. Well, the major points in this dev blog post are Rogue Waves coming back. Uh, which is a fun game mode. You know, it's not something that you take too seriously. Um, it's fun. It's entertaining. It's done pretty well. Uh, early access to Italian destroyers. Uh, they have a couple of, basically, you're going to grind for tokens, which you know, the, the, the usual way, nothing new. Uh, no stats about the Italian destroyers, although a couple of pictures with some Some, really... of, the, some of the camos look all right. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure about that Tuscany yeah. one, but the FR-25 perma camo looks rather nice. Yeah. They're, they're not terrible. Um, Taranto port, okay, and then basically we're just looking at a whole bunch of St. Patrick's Day stuff. So camos for the Belfast. That that green is—I don't know. There's something about that that's just 
I think it's the gold turret Maybe. next to the green that just yeah, make your eyes bleed. <laughs> that's that's, that's eye-watering. Seriously, if anybody from Ireland is watching this, do you not get sick of all of the St. Patrick's Day shit with the leprechauns and the four-leaf clover and everything being green? Do you not get sick of all of that shit? Because I'm not Irish and I do. But anyway. Some people vigorously nodding that are watching or listening to this right now. Um, and then more cosmetic enhancements, skins for the Ragnar, updated weather effects, visual no, effects. I did watch some of those clips. Some of them, like yeah. the, the Ragnar, again, that's one I do like. Like, There's a bit of a mixed bag with these, some of these camos, but yeah, the Ragnar one does look nice. But It does yeah, look the, very Viking-y, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. The updated visual effects, the, the lightning looks all right. Uh, mm -hmm. I honestly can't tell that much difference with the snowstorm. But then we have some updating uh, shooting effects and yeah. things like the splashes and nice. stuff, which do look pretty good. Yeah. And then I can't help but feel a little bit confused because there's updated visual effects for aircraft carriers as well. And things like aircraft on deck exploding. But I, I'm not sure what it is about it. It's just something wrong. It, oh, wait, the carry's on fire. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not realistic at all. Yeah. Don't carries remember that ever happening. Carries Speak. don't catch on fire in real life. That's ridiculous. I mean, speaking of exploding, that's something carriers can't actually do as the only class in the game. <laughs> don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> and that's basically yeah. it for that dev blog post. There wasn't an awful lot of content yeah, in there. It's mostly cosmetic yeah. stuff. Once again, art department carrying the shit out of World of Warships. Oh, yes. Uh, next. Changes. Uh, the test ship changes. I don't think there's anything particularly substantial here apart from... Let's see Cat. Hi, Sam. Yeah, it's Sam. Uh, the Atlantico is getting uh, some interesting changes so that they've made it more... Uh, that, that it, the, the, the secondaries aren't overly strong against destroyers, but they will be still very effective against battleships and cruisers. So I think that's mm. quite an interesting concept of this it's not a universal these are good secondaries it's these are good secondaries against certain targets which is i have uh, to admit an interesting change. no I... hydro though we're moving the hydro so i don't know mm -hmm. yeah i haven't really been paying that much attention to the test ships um so most of what's going on in this blog post this is the first time i've seen it um there's various nerfs, various, not nerfs, more balance changes, like the one you just described, given destroyers an easier time because the shell's velocity is slower, but yeah, so on and so the, on. The one thing that is a bit different is under the section with the, 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 the DDL and the Canarius is they actually note, uh, and again, you know, communication is a good yeah. thing. Uh, we've had your concerns about the several changes we've already applied to the ship, so we'd like to take a moment to explain this trend in more detail and basically go on to say that, uh, yes, they've had dev blogs with lots of these these small nerfs happening to these ships, and obviously people in the community have gone, oh, no, they're going to come out and be terrible. But they they kind of explicitly state that, you know, they, they are making these changes downwards because, you know, they, they've been consistently much too strong in 
testing. So it's one of those things where it's it's, it's good for them to point this stuff out because on the face of it, if you just see these blogs where it's consistently, you know, it's lost X amount of reload and it's yeah. getting its smoke time nerf, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So you might think you're inevitably going to come to a, a, a negative conclusions about that. So it's, it's good to see that extra bit of... Uh, I, I do have to give them credit in this respect because normally, well, one of the reasons why I used to barely ever pay any attention to the dev blog post was six months ago, if if this dev blog post had come out six months ago, it would have said, Tier 6, Dido, short burst smoke generator consumable, smoke dispersion time, 40 seconds to 35 seconds, reload time, 70 seconds to 80 seconds. And that would have been it. They would have been they wouldn't have expanded on it. There would have been no explanation. It would have just been the facts and nothing but the facts. And now you've got three lines of changes to the Dido and three paragraphs of explanations for the changes. So I do have to give them credit for that. Yeah. You're not it's just it's good to see context for these yeah. changes. I mean the, mm-hmm. the same with the Atlantico, Sevastopol. Uh they even do it with the, the Italian destroyers that sort of breaking down yeah. the what the, the flavor of the various bits of the line is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Although I have to say, if they like allowed contributors to like show off those ships, people would have actually context about how they perform. Well, they're still not allowing that. Of course not. No, no. pretty much still NDA until they're released, I think, or just well, before it, release. Yeah, when it's too late to influence anybody. Yeah. yeah that's, that's definitely the downside of that. Actually, that also, also I think I was going to say earlier on as well uh, that was in the French article, and I think I've seen elsewhere is that they're now also uh, particularly giving reasoning for the naming of the ships that they're using. And we'll come on to that with the the yeah. last article we have with the the new ships. But um, that's also something that's oh. previously been really opaque, and that we. You know, we just get oh, this is the such and such, and sometimes it seems like a weird name. Occasionally, communities even manage to get names changed, like France becoming Republique, for yeah. example. I even saw a post about the Atlantico saying, "Well, actually, that's not really a great name for a hypothetical Brazilian battleship." But we'll see if that actually. I just noticed something buried right at the bottom of that page. Um, this United States, yes. Yeah. This this does kind of remind me a little of what was happening with submarines before they eventually, you know, said, right, fuck it, we're taking them back to the drawing board. Uh, small incremental changes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, testing changes are usually bigger, but still, that's that's not incremental by anybody's. So if anybody doesn't know what we're talking about, American supercarrier, United States, detectability range by air from 22.54 kilometers to 15.53 kilometers. They have cut the detection, the visibility by a quarter. Wow. But that brings me back to like uh, what we discussed last week with C-Raptor, where he said like when he saw the supercarriers that they're probably going to bring sniper ca- uh, uh, carrier sniping back, like one carrier sniping another. So I guess uh, that's probably why they are now less detectable by air. Yeah, but that was a, that's a good thing, because if they're fucking each other's shit up, they're not fucking my shit up, are they? <laughs> I can only agree, unless your carrier loses, in which case... Uh... Tell us how you really feel, Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, well, I'm going to catch so much hell in the comments for this Oh, video. no, 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 usually I just trash talk carriers every time we, we oh, come I up see. with them, so it's, it's fine. 
Okay. By the way, since you've said, Chinglis, you didn't pay much attention to test ships, did you pay any attention to Atlantico so far? What no, it is? no. Not at it's all. It's got 9.2-inch secondary guns. At tier 8. It's got the Drake and Goliath guns as secondary guns. <laughs> you can see why they, they maybe want it to be less effective against destroyers because those just yeah. like accurately firing 9.2 inch HE shells at destroyers that's going to mess up anybody's day yeah oh interesting <laughs> yeah it's a weird it's, it's a bonkers concept and apparently it is more we had to drag on to talk about it at one point and uh, his his uh, guesswork as to the origin was more or less bang on because there was later on a, a, a developer comment or a, a community manager comment which pretty much said what he said. That there was a, it was one particular admiral I think was kind of advocating for these kind of designs, and there was some preliminary work done before. The, the... People realize there's a, quite how bonkers it was. There's, there's there's a bit of the admiral beaty about it, then, isn't there? Yeah. So yeah. it was it was one particular Brazilian admiral that was like, yeah, let's, let's let's just why not big guns? Let's go back to the old days of big mixed broadsides because yeah. that worked so well. Intermediate. There's a reason why we went to all big gun yeah. battleships forty years ago. But it was very much in the context of the South American naval arms race. So yeah. yeah interested in that go and listen to the last uh i think it was the last one we had with drag those are always good discussions true uh, oh. anyone that missed that one we can you can go and listen to that and get more detail about it than i can adequately remember right now but yeah atlantico is one of the test ships that i'm actually into i mean it's going to be the what like the next dockyard uh yes yeah yeah dockyard i, I hope oh, it will right. be somewhat Sorry. playable so I'll never get it then. Dockyard ship. Uh, wait, are you are you saying bad, you don't want to spend like forty thousand doubloons or so? As long no. as you put, like, if you're willing to put the time in, but that's it. You have to stomach putting the time in, kind of thing. Yeah, and I'm not willing to put mm. the time in. Uh, never mind. No, I'm sure that they, you know, well, everyone's going to say, yeah, but I'm sure they'll put it on sale again, like a couple of months afterwards. But yeah, well, I'm not, I'm not spending actual money on it either. So yeah. Not a ship I'm ever going to have. Looks fun, though. I guess this takes us to the final, and uh, this one actually came out today. Yes. Yes. Just just, just like an hour before we started recording. Some announced new ships. Uh, there was actually, I, I think they were, I saw this on Reddit um, yesterday. I don't know if this has come out because they planned to put this out or if they accidentally leaked the pictures on stream and thought we'd better put out the blog post. So, Probably the latter. Yeah. But here we are. We know what the ships are called, and uh, we have some preliminary stats for them as well. Yeah. Actual stats? Oh, yeah, we do have stats, yeah. Yes. Rather than just descriptions. So th this, by the way, if you haven't already seen this post, this is Wargaming just making shit up, basically. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that, although I know that is going to be a problem for quite a few people, so I thought I'd just get this out there right at the beginning. None of these things existed. Some of them, of them might them, have been blueprints. Yeah, one of them definitely is. The Japanese ship is one of the, or at least based on one of the preliminary Yamato designs. It's one of the A140 designs. Yes, it's a Yamato uh, with less J2. with less and lower caliber guns. They're only 410s. Yes. 
Good I've only got eight of them. Um, but yeah, it is it is fairly limited in firepower for its tier. Um, yeah. But yeah, then we have the Edgar, which is an evolution of the Minotaur class ships, which already didn't really exist, and then Mecklenburg, which is just mm. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a tier ten Scharnhorst. Yes, with 16 guns. We, we had Marlborough with 16 guns, and now we have a German ship with 16 battleship caliber guns as well. I mean, this one's going to be tier 10 and smaller caliber. Yeah, not even not even 356 millimeter guns. These are only 305s, but it does have 16 of them. And uh, they, they say it has good accuracy. Yeah, the Sigma's actually, like, the initial given figure is like 2.05, something like that. Yeah, 2.05. Yeah, it's, yeah. 25 seconds reload, so don't turn broadside to a cruiser. In this, uh, you know, if one of, this things, uh, one of these things is pointing their guns at you, I guess. Reasonably high velocity shells as well, 865 meters per second. I mean, they're not the fastest, but they're not really slow like some of the Americans. Uh, and a 25 second reload, so this might actually be quite fun. And also reasonable dispersion, it looks like. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's not like we don't already have enough German battleships at higher tiers, but, you know, there's a market for it, so I suppose Wargaming will keep finding ways to put new ones in. So it comes with 24 128mm gun barrels with an 8.3km base range. Yeah, it's a tier 10 Scharnholst. That's not necessarily a bad thing. And it has 32mm plating. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah. It I, might I mean, be it's just, it's also pretty much like, I doubt it's anything other than highly fictionalized, if not oh, completely yeah. fictional. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the thing yeah. is, right, when, when you say Scharnhorst, if the chip's actually reasonably accurate with that many guns and good accuracy, that, that's gonna be so tough for any crew. Well, I mean, at least it can't overmatch crews, but anyone who shows like broadside is just gonna be instantly deleted. Or even if you're only firing high explosive, I think it's 3,600 damage per shell. It's probably yeah. 16 of them. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, HE of that caliber will penetrate 76 millimeters of armor. So, yeah, bring on your icebreaker bows, motherfuckers. <laughs> I mean, it's even German HG, right? Yeah, of course. Hence the 76 millimeters of pen, presumably. Let's have a look at... Uh... Fine, all, all, the, all the people that are rolling around in their marble yeah. firing nothing but HE will now get this to fire nothing but HE in as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah because the, the Japanese only has 16-inch guns. Well, 16-inch, considerably larger than 305, and it gets 68 millimeters of pen. So, yeah, that's taking into account the German HE pen with 76 millimeter on the 305s. Oh, yeah. um, was so, there anything I mean, special it, it, about the Edgar? Uh, the Edgar is a super ship, or a, yes, uh, with sixteen millimeters of armor plating. Like, well, they're calling it a super cruiser, but it's not. Like it's the same one fifty twos. But this is going to have an alternate firing mode. Yes, with uh, basically faster reload and higher penetration of its AP shells. Hmm. slash SAP, whatever the exact we, characteristics. Yeah, we were actually talking about that uh, with oh, Jedi and I, I think we're talking about that before the street. Were you there? I can't remember if you were there. Yeah, uh, yes. yes. Uh, yes. I think they give the alternate shell stats. They only have the maximum... Because 
Oh, British cruisers and World of Warships, obviously, are famous for not having high explosive. Certainly the light cruisers and the extremely light cruisers and firing armor-piercing instead. And yet, if you go to the Belfast and all of the town-class cruisers and you have a look in the ammunition hoists, all of the ammunition is semi-armor-piercing. Well, that, so think- that's the thing that I think like they decided when these were being introduced that they were going to model... the. I don't think we have SAP in the game either way properly because you've got the British light cruisers which have SAP which is called AP but is functionally just AP with better pen and better pen angles. And then you've got the Italian AP which kind of acts more like an HE shell and it's all very yeah. without fire chance. Which is, so, yeah. But we were just trying to get our heads around how can pressing a button make the, shell, make the guns fire faster and have better penetration? And that's when I thought, well, actually, because that could mean that they are actually loading armor-piercing rather than semi-armor-piercing when you press that button because British ships actually fired semi-armor-piercing, you know, contrary to what you actually see here in the game. Uh, That doesn't explain how it works in the game. It's not really important because it's an arcade game. You press a button and the guns fire faster and they have better penetration. I was just trying to justify it in my head. Yep, the, I, don't, the, I don't. I don't get out much. Just, just uh, to to uh, make it even worse in your hand. Uh, keep in mind that if it's like switching firing mode, like in in the other super cruisers, they switch instantly and don't have to go to separate reload, right? So when your guns reloaded, you can choose which mode to fire. So yeah. you don't actually switch ammunition I've unless that is instantaneous. I've just noticed the Edgar doesn't just fire faster and have higher penetration. It fires faster, it has higher penetration, and the shells do more damage. <laughs> so it's like it's like the Conda on crack. But it's gonna be insanely squishy, because it's basically a Minotaur hole with sixteen millimeters of Yeah. Does it get a consumable, a smoke consumable? I think it does. Uh um, Yes. Yes. And get yeah, radar yeah. or smoke. Yeah. Radar yeah, or smoke. Like okay. That might be fun. Yeah, as also, as there's some people that will, will really enjoy it. But can you imagine? Have you ever seen the sailing Robin in his Minotaur? <laughs> I think I must have watched a game or two. Yeah, he is going to need fresh underwear <laughs> after he sees this blog post. Yeah, and literally, the only downside compared to the Minnow is that this thing isn't going to earn you credits, whereas, of course, the Minnow will do. Or at least they don't earn credits at the moment, the super ships. They only give you XP. But they don't cost you credits either. I think you might have slightly worse concealment. What, what do you get 12.1 down to? Should still oh, be one, going it's to be more than 10 kilometers. Be like 10.3, 10.4, something like that. Oh, wait, no, you get the module as well, of course, yeah. don't you? It might actually be 10, sub 10 kilometers. Might oh, not be quite as good as a Minotaur, but. Pretty good concealment still. And I mean, you get 12 kilometer torps now, so yeah, even better torpage. What's also interesting is like in the text above, I haven't seen anything in the stats for it, but they say it gets more advanced anti-aircraft and anti-submarine armament. What's more advanced anti-submarine armament? I need to look at the model. I'm not seeing hedgehog launchers. Although, cause what is it? There's one of the Dutch ships. Yeah, the, 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 I think there's a, the, is it the Yeah, that has the forward firing. Yeah, it, they've actually modeled it, but, but it's not. It doesn't work like that in game. It still launches them over the sides. 
does it? I'm sure there's one of them where you fire the the depth charges over the bow, and it caught me out completely unawares the first time I tried to use it. Oh yeah, yeah. Like Holland fires depth charges in the front. Smart. It does. Okay. So that might be what they're talking about, but I'm not seeing any hedgehog launchers on it. I mean, the Belfast had hedgehog launchers. For anybody who's wondering, a hedgehog is basically a a shaped charge mortar bomb. Uh, it has to actually hit something in order to... It's not like a death charge, which is an area of effect weapon. This actually has to hit something for the charge to go off. But they would launch like 40 of them into a pattern in the sea ahead. And, and they would just drop and hit the submarine and sink it. So that's what we're talking about here, a hedgehog launcher. Um, Belfast has them. I'm not seeing them on the Edgar, so I don't know what they're talking about. The Australians went and put some on the back of Matilda tanks. (laughs) Yes, yes, they did. (laughs) I remember reading about the uh, madman who designed those things. It was at, um, I think it was Bletchley Park. Um, There's a book, uh, Churchill's Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare. All the mad stuff that they came up with for sabotage operations, like explosive rats. <laughs> you hear about those? They would, uh, they, would smuggle them, they would smuggle them in to the French resistance workers who were working in these factories, and they would just drop these explosive dead rats around the place. So when the caretakers and the janitors were sweeping up and they were picking up all the dead rats, what did they do with them? They threw them in the boilers. Then the boilers would explode and sabotage wow. the factory. <laughs> <laughs> That's the guy that came, yeah, it's great. The guy that came up with that invented this spigot mortar launcher, um, and he was just blowing chunks out of the stately home gardens. You know, <laughs> you'd be driving into work in the morning at this the old at this old estate house, and like, there's, suddenly this bomb would go off in the middle of the road as this mad old bastard was testing his his spigot launcher with his shape charge warheads uh, that became the hedgehog launcher uh, and replaced death charges. Uh, great book, Churchill's Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare. It's fantastic. Completely off topic again, but uh, yeah, it's worth talking about. But I'm not seeing them on the, on the Edgar. I knew we got here somehow. <laughs> shit we're looking um, at. Yes, there it is. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's not really much else. I mean, the, it says we're going to have, I think Mino has, what, 10 kilometer talks? So it seems like 12. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's 12. I'm looking at the, um, I don't know if, no, those are second, those are AA guns, not secondaries. They look like the Italian Otto Malara. Yeah, that, that was a thread actually. That's that's reminded me of a thread on uh, on Reddit about that. That yeah, there's the Italian mill Italian yeah. uh, secondaries, which uh, it totally makes sense to be on a like I, I don't know. Did the one if you ever actually used those? There was there was a comment that they were used on one class of frigates, and then it didn't actually name the class of frigates. So I don't. I don't really have any more information than that. They weren't on Type 42s. They weren't on Type 22s. They didn't have them on Type 21s. They didn't have them on Leanders. They didn't have them... And I'm going back to the 50s now. And I don't remember seeing them on... Well, obviously, I didn't serve in the Royal Navy in the 50s, but we still had a couple of ships from the 50s in service when I joined in 1989, although the, the Leanders were rapidly being phased out. Um... But certainly in the last... For people that are not aware, this is the post-war Leanders rather than the World War II Leanders. Yes, these are the... um, Because the Leanders were the last all-gun frigates that we had, although they replaced... (laughs) They ended up fitting them with the Cara missile launchers, all kinds of really bad early Cold War missile systems. Um, 
but no, I don't remember seeing... I dare say somebody in the comments said, well, actually, Jingles, the type, the one and only Type 82 destroyer did, it was, was prototyped. Yeah, that may be the case, but certainly I don't recall ever seeing those Italian secondary mounts on any Royal Navy ship. I mean, you know, we, we knew how to make our own guns. We didn't need to buy them from the Italians. So, yeah, that, that is definitely a peculiarity. I mean, it doesn't have secondaries like like the Minotaur. This is all anti-air. It has six mm. times two 152mm anti-air guns. Yeah, those are the main batteries. Oh, oh they're they, dual they, purpose. Yeah. So those are just the eight times 160s. So Interesting. Where is it? Main battery. 76.2 mils. Yep, yeah. 76.2 is eight of those. That's it. And obviously the dual purpose main battery guns. Number of explosions, seven. What? Seven explosions in a salvo from one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, from 12 guns. 12 guns only generate seven flak explosions. Riddle me that one, Wargaming. Wargaming maths. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, those are still not reloaded. Don't worry. Oh, that's right, yeah. Because that's right. That's right, yes. Because the AA guns don't actually load until the enemy aircraft enters the firing range. But how does that relate to dual-purpose guns that have been shooting since the battle started? Do they have to stop and reload when the aircraft enter the firing? Sorry, this is another one of my personal bugbears. Um, you two, I'm sure, are probably aware of this. When the beginning of the battle, when yeah. it's action stations, action stations, and everybody rushes and mans their action stations and loads their guns, everybody except the anti-aircraft crew, they finish their cigarette, finish off their game of uckers, drink their cocoa, and they don't actually start loading their guns until they see an aircraft. They've just got a really good union jingles. That's, That's what, it what it is. I'm, yeah. I don't know, because they, they have to unload them once the aircraft is like out of range again, right? It's not like they keep them loaded just because health, they've loaded health them. Health and safety at work. <laughs> Those things explode. They're very can't, dangerous. Can't keep a loaded gun around. I mean, come on. Yes. Anyway, have I complained about aircraft carriers enough for this one video? <laughs> or, or do I need to do it some more? We'll get you back for go, an episode. Go on. We'll just shut up and let you talk about aircraft carriers for the entire thing. <laughs> Yeah, so but we, we should have... have discussed super carriers with you, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get oh, yeah. me started. Canberra Bombers. for sure. Canberra Bombers and HMS fucking Eagle. Really? Really? <laughs> you couldn't give them bla the Blackburn Buccaneers that it actually had? You had to make shit up. But then again, they've already got the Canberra model in the game, don't they? They don't have to do a new model for a Buccaneer. <laughs> I'm not saying the Royal Navy didn't have cameras. We had four of them, which we used at <laughs> Fradu as target tugs and simulated Russian bombers for fleet exercises. They never launched off the carriers. They were based at Yeovilton. But never let little things like the facts get in the way. Hey, Wargaming. Next you're going to tell me that they didn't magically regenerate after being shot down? Oh, no, that part's true. Everybody knows okay. that aircraft carriers had magic aircraft factories under the decks. It's, it's, it's the early, early precursor of the technology that the USS Voyager used to magically make That's shuttles right. between yes. episodes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Although so, I can't help but find it amusing that aircraft, can, aircraft carriers have got aircraft-producing factories powered by pixie dust between their decks. 
uh, to keep regenerating aircraft as the battle goes on, but nobody else has any aircraft gun manufacturing factories powered by fixie dust between their decks to replace all of the AA guns that knocked out that get knocked out as the battle goes on. That doesn't seem fair. Oh, that, that, that would just be ridiculous, Jingles. Come on now, be reasonable. <laughs> okay, I'll stop complaining about yeah. carriers. <laughs> Although I'm going to need more beer. Okay, I'm nearly run out of beer, so I'm going to have to keep complaining about carriers. It's not my fault. These are the rules. I can live with that. I think we're about done, though, aren't we? Yeah, well, there's well, you have to... the, the Awami to talk about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The alleged um, potential Yamato design yeah. that Absolutely. doesn't have the Yamato's guns and has less may, of the ones that it does have. May or may not be, uh, you know, it might have gone through the Bureau of World of Warships design process and not. not bear that much resemblance to the uh, the thing it's based on but uh, yeah so it's the same 410 mils you find on Amagi I presume uh, only got 8 of them though yeah, that, yeah. That's so it's, it's tier 9 by the way we should point this out it's not tier 10 it's not sitting right next to the Yamatone yeah. but it is kind of comparable to uh, the Izumo although it doesn't have turrets arranged like the Izumo it has it's turrets be... arranged in a traditional two, yeah. two up front, two at the back so it has one less gun than the Izumo but the guns are probably more usable it's intended to be a close quarters brawler apparently um, yeah hundred is it 100 millimeter secondaries with a Japanese quarter caliber penetration buff for 100 millimeter guns yes uh, it yeah, has so... the metric secondaries it's yeah pipes and then yep. yeah um, yeah so, seven kilometer base range. So, we're not talking Germans here. Or no. Anything. Uh, 32 millimeter plating. So, fairly standard. Uh, be interesting to see what the belt armor looks like. It, it looks similar to the Imagi. Hopefully, if, it's if, better. I mean, if it has Imagi Citadel protection, then it could make a very good brawler, actually. Yeah. yeah it yeah. might be a fun. I mean, a brawling. Which is the. Oh, God. There's a. There's one Japanese premium battleship the key. that has one, the key, with 100mm secondaries, that is a surprisingly good brawler. Hmm. Um, and this may be more of the same. Um, the, the key is a bit lacking in the armor department, but if, if they've yeah. uh, shored that up a bit more, then yeah, that, that could work. Like, you have torpedoes again, you have... I was, gonna, uh, I was about to ask, does it also get yeah, torpedoes? Yep, okay, good. Yeah. And even 12-kilometer oh, oh. torps. Yeah. Wow. Those, uh, I think those must be the same as the Shima's 12 kilometer torps. Yeah, and they're fast as well. Well, not. It's I mean, not they're not yeah. slow. They're not slow. They're not, you know, they're not Swedish, but they're, but they're not slow. A two minute reload. That could get you into trouble because if you launch those at 12 kilometers, yeah. they're yeah. not going to be ready you have <laughs> when to you're have at four kilometers. Have good trucky discipline with those. Yeah. Uh, but they hit like a truck, like, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, that's like Russian torpedo damage. That's, wow. Nearly 24,000. Yeah. And it's two quadruple launches. That's yep. nice. Probably that's one like, per side. Yeah. 100, 100k damage per, you know, well, probably a bit less than that when you have the... Torpedo uh, damage reduction. Yeah. But the guns like, are not... I mean, the guns are not... Terribly accurate. They're not 
We're not talking. We're not talking guys and our levels of accuracy here, but they're they're okay. For only eight barrels at this tier, it seems a little low, but it might get changed later. We'll see. I mean, it's also it's also a twenty five second reload, which is reasonably. Oh, there it is. I was wondering. Yeah, I was wondering what that was. Yeah, twenty five seconds. So that's not terrible. Reasonable accuracy, limited number of barrels, but a fast reload. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's workable. It's a thirty-five second degree, uh, thirty-five second uh, turret traverse time for one hundred and eighty degrees. So actually, you could easily, without much penalty, take the um, the fifth slot uh, equipment that uh, increases reload at the cost of turret traverse, and it it would put you up at around you know what everyone else has at sort of forty-five, forty-six seconds. Yeah. So you wouldn't really be losing out, and you get an insanely fast reload for a 16-inch gun on battleship. That would probably take you down to, what, 22, 23 seconds? It would be 22 points something for a 25 base reload. So well, As long as it doesn't get down to two seconds, we're okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fire the fucking gun! Oh, I give up. <laughs> yeah, you know, by the way, since, since Jenna just said something like the, the torpedo salvo is about 100 points of damage. Do you, do you know how torpedoes work in this game, Jingles? Because I only found out last summer. Do, do, do share this with, with us. So basically, when they say torpedo damage, that's not actually uh, the maximum torpedo damage. This damage is alpha divided by 3 plus splash, uh, plus splash damage. So each torpedo has an alpha damage value and a splash damage value, right? And the maximum torpedo damage has nothing to do with the maximum. It's, you know, Alpha divided by three plus splash. So you ask yourself, how, well, what, what damage does it do what? now? <laughs> well, if you hit the torpedo in the bow, it deals 16.5% alpha damage, but it deals the full splash damage to the bow and also the full splash damage to like the center, right? If you hit it like in the uh, citadel, then you only do alpha damage, but you do a full alpha damage, but reduced by the torpedo damage reduction. And if you hit like a torpedo in the midsection for destroyer, you deal just 33% of the alpha damage. I'm sorry I asked. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, I mean, this, this is just a magical number, the maximum torpedo damage. That has nothing to do with what it claims it does. And yes. nobody knows actually what splash and uh, you know, alpha damage on a torpedo is. Yeah. You know. Oh, God. From this moment forward, we promise to proceed with greater transparency <laughs> and better communication. <laughs> God. I, I think they must have just had a particularly heavy day with the vodka when they decide and how torpedo damage works. I'm sure there's some logic in there somewhere. I just don't have time to analyse. <laughs> I wouldn't life go is, so far. Life is too short. We're not being paid for this shit, so yes. forget it. <laughs> I need coffee. Anyway, yeah, go for here, so hooray. <laughs> hmm. So are we done? Is that it? Yeah, I think that's everything. So where, where can we find you, Mr. Jingles, as if people didn't already know? Oh, I believe if you search for the Mighty Jingles on YouTube, you might get a hit or two. <laughs> One or two. I've, had, I've had some fairly popular videos this month. I was actually yeah. looking at my channel analytics the other day. Well, I put a video up just over a week ago. It's already had nearly 150,000 views. Of course, that wasn't incomparable. That helps. In a, in a team full of bots, single-handedly slaughtering the entire enemy team by himself. 
So, yeah. And I did a War Thunder video that's got nearly... Wow. Okay. I just did a... I put a War Thunder video up that got more than 100,000 views. What the hell? Oh, wait, it's, it was a It KV2. was a great video. <laughs> <laughs> it's a KV2. That explains it. <laughs> just as much yeah. a meme in that game as uh, any other. They've actually... Because you know how they can just keep nerfing high explosive damage in World of Tanks? Mm. They've actually buffed it in War Thunder. They've introduced an overpressure mechanic that just kills the crew. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm hearing about that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> War Thunder, they get a lot wrong, but they get some things very, very right. <laughs> oh, God, when you're having more fun in War Thunder than you are with a KV-2 in World of Tanks, you know, something's seriously wrong. Yeah. <clears throat> right, anyway, I need to... Uh, I'm doing a turkey curry. It's the final oh. leftovers from my uh, Christmas turkey. I've had the the legs in the freezer for, well, a month and a half, funnily enough, um, along with a whole bunch of turkey stock. So I'm using the stock to make the curry. And uh, I've been slow cooking the chicken, the chicken, the turkey legs. So nice, a nice hot turkey madras. Will we see that on your cooking channel? Uh, well, I'll have to buy another turkey. <laughs> <laughs> But I did something the other day that you'll probably see on the uh, Home of the Gnome channel. It was a buffalo chicken hot sauce cheese dip. So oh. I, I slow cooked five chicken breasts. So they basically just fell apart. And then I mixed them up in the stand mixer <coughs> with um, a whole 440 gram tub of Philadelphia cream cheese, a whole 400 gram tub of sour cream. Um, a 300-gram block of uh, pepper jack chili cheese, a small block of Wensleydale cheddar, <clears throat> and a, a block of blue cheese, uh, all crumbled up, and mixed all of that up. And then I put it in a, in a pan, and then I covered the top with the same amount, again, of all of the other cheese that I've already listed. <laughs> And then the whole thing went into the oven. I'm having um, a heart attack just yeah. hearing about this. Oh. The whole thing went into the oven until the top had turned into a molten cheese lava bed. <laughs> and then I pulled it out, oven gloves on, obviously, took it upstairs, sat it down in front of the big screen TV uh, with a packet of cheesy Doritos to scoop the dip up with. And, oh, God, it was amazing. I couldn't eat it all, of course. <laughs> so I had the other half the next day. Um, and it's just as good cold as it was hot. So, yeah, that was glorious. I could feel my arteries hardening <laughs> just talking about it. But it was so good. Oh, 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 I also got an entire bottle of Frank's hot sauce as well. So, yeah, that was definitely doing that again. In fact, I've just reordered all of the ingredients. So I'll be doing that for my housewarming when I, if I eventually ever get to move into this new place. Anyway, I, I must cut and run now. Yeah. Um, I'm gasping for a cup of coffee, and I need to get that curry done. So uh, thanks for having me along, and uh, thanks for joining us. Probably thanks. won't catch you next time, but take care anyway. See you guys. Bye. Bye.